Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. To done. Watch out. Threw him out of the ball game. You gotta be beeping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. Indeed, it is time for our weekly edition of What Are You Doing, Wegner? Finding out what people are doing in and around the coronavirus. Coming out still in hiding, doing what they need to do. Uh, First mention is um, Tim O'Brien, a columnist for uh, Bloomberg. Notice this at the Chicago Bagel Authority on Belmont Avenue. A sign that says, to accommodate anti-maskers, we have provided a space 40 feet west where you can stare at your reflection in the window since apparently you're the only person you care about. <laughs> Nicely done. Wonderful. All right, so what are you doing, Wagner? Normally, this is when Mark Rohde updates us about let me put a list together podcast. And when last we left you, loyal listeners, last week it was might have been a, a sort of a letters to the editor or mailbag idea, or it might have been the, the rating the Marty Scorsese movies, but... It turned kind of sideways, didn't it? It did turn sideways because my stupid partner, Brian Mitchell, went and got appendicitis, which means he had to have his appendix removed. So we were not able to get into the studio to record a fresh podcast. But our other, this is a great time for you to get caught up on the other lists that we have made like top 10 stand-up comics top 10 songs about summer game shows top 10 movies filmed in chicago top 10 kid breakfast cereals top 10 john hughes films top 10 one-hit wonders of the 90s top 10 80s sitcoms and top 10 late night hosts and then my favorite one maybe top 10 snl cast members from the 1990s so Check it out, man. Sorry we got nothing new up and running, but stupid appendicitis. But those stupid uh, episodes partner. are... Stupid partner. Yeah. Stupid partner. 
Not very. He must not have been wearing appendix. a mask. It's got to be no. the mask. He probably his wasn't a, wearing a mask. That we'll get your appendix. appendix. His appendix yeah. weren't wearing a mask. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, and it is what has become part of the regular cycle here on what are you doing, Wagner? We have a trash panda update, don't we, trash panda? Yes, we do. So I'm pleased to report that the culprit has been caught at my parents' property. They had to call in the cavalry. They finally got fed up, so they called in a trapper. And from the story from my mom is they actually called the county, and the guy working at the county knew a guy who did trapping. So <laughs> I got a guy. I got a guy for. So you. they called. They every, brought in the tra- every every trash panda trapper's got they br- a guy. Yeah, they brought in the they brought in the trapper. <laughs> And the first night, the trap's out, caught the, caught the raccoon. And uh, apparently, the trapper euthanizes the animals. So the animal has been taken care of. The raccoon is gone. I don't know if there's more. There probably is. It's probably not the end of the battle, but I haven't heard anything more since. Also, my mom wanted to note last week, they don't just have you know, annoying animals around the property. They also have things like deer. They have this doe that apparently gives birth to twin fawns every year. So they have those walking around. And the deer are pretty comfortable on my property because they don't get shot at by my parents. The deer, the deer are fine. <laughs> you're not making, well, that's good. No fawn jerky for the Studzinski household. No, all right, I've gotten that stuff from my friends who hunt before, but my parents and I have never hunted deer. So... They're pretty comfortable on our property, but they're still overall much more skittish. Like it's, it was astounding to me when I first moved up here. There was a, a forest preserve near where I was living in Palatine at the time, and I was running through there, and I got within like ten feet of a of a deer. It's like I've never been this close to a deer. Where I'm at, if you open the door where I grew up, if you open the door, they run because they're so used to being shot at. So they're just trained to just fear humans, but deer up here oh have no fear. I didn't think they had wow. anything to worry about. You're, you had to call in the cavalry because your dad couldn't shoot from inside of the house to hit the, the trash panda outside. So what did the fawns and the deer really have to worry about from your dad? They weren't going to get shot. Well, you and you can't, you're not really going to bring a, with the size of gun that my dad has, you're not going to bring a deer down with that. So there's also that aspect of it. Okay. So in conclusion, we have we're murdering raccoons, but the the, the deer. But Bambi are and the live. family, Bambi and Bambi and the family survived. Well, the deer, yeah. the deer only really bothered the garden, but my dad was able to put up a high enough fence to keep them out of the garden. It's like a six foot high fence around the garden, so they're fine. The, the raccoons bother everything. They're annoying. They they still get into the garden. They get up on the porch. They're Invasive is what they really are, and they need to be taken care of. They're they're much back. different than deer. They'll yeah, they're not as cute, and so they they deserve to live. That's what it is. Get on the truck. They'll I guess be back. that's I guess that's what the line is. That's really what it comes down to. Because raccoons wear masks, they uh, yes, they, they are, do. They're healthy. Yeah, now they're that criminalized. Tra- that, that trapper euthanizes them. Does he does he skin them? And is he going to be like a male? Or Trash Panda, Cruella DeVille? No, I'm pretty sure. Full length code out of him? I'm pretty sure he just shoots him. Good God. That's not euthanizing. Well, yeah. yeah. That's murder. (laughs) My mom mom told me, she's like, I didn't realize that by euthanizing, he meant he just shoots them. Oh. So, (laughs) I think. I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think they were a little thrown off by that, so. Haley's yeah, still moving. Hit him again. That's right. Um, another moment uh, this week in um, <clears throat> pandemic, the world of pandemic, there is a vintage clothing store that posted this sign. Chris Illuminati of the Bro Bible found this and tweeted it out. And the sign, it's three of them taped together on what might have otherwise been a, the other side might be a mirror, but it's three, eight by eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper. And printed on it is, if you choose not to wear a mask, we respectfully ask that you postpone your visit. We'll be happy to debate the efficacy of masks with you when this is all over and you come in to sell your dead grandmother's clothes. <laughs> oh, I almost did a, a coffee spit take. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This is also this week, by the way, was the um, this was the 28th anniversary. We've done some movie anniversaries. We got one other anniversary left. We'll discuss in a while. Um, 28 years ago, Wednesday was the release of A League of Their Own. Ah, number one selling baseball movie of all time. According really? to Box Office Mojo, grossed 107 million plus ticket sales. No! Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! And number two is the movie 42, 95 million plus. Wait, so they got more than like Field of Dreams and the Bull Roy Durham. Hobbs movie? Yeah, the Bull natural. Durham and yeah. the Nat. Are you, are really? And uh, Major League. That's seriously hard to believe. Is that accurate? I mean, that doesn't even sound right. A League of Their Own? It says domestic ticket sales according to Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Wow. I, man, uh, the Tom Hanks factor? 28th anniversary. And that was, um, hmm. I, I love that movie. I thought it was, you know what? The, one of the great overlooked things is John Lovitz talking to Gina Davis and Lori Petty. Well, we only make $15 at the dairy. We're offering you a 25. That would be more, wouldn't it? So <laughs> I thought I thought he was just wonderful in that, that cameo that he had. Madonna is in it. Over here, Madonna. Over yeah. here, <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell, and it, I just—it it was great. I love that. Um, but it's that a good movie. Was, I just wouldn't—I would not have put it ahead of Bull Durham and The Natural, and uh, like a lot of like I probably I would have had it up there. I mean, it's not bad. It just—I wouldn't I'm have surprised. thought it was. That, that is interesting. That is yeah, interesting to me. I wouldn't have thought it was number one either. Um, Next item on what are you doing, Wagner? Doing Miles Michaelis, the Cardinals pitcher who happily yes. beats the Cubs because the Cubs did not sign him, and mm-hmm. he snarkily takes shots at them all the time. Well, he's had to redo his bucket list, given the current state of the world. Quote: I was trying to hit every Waffle House I could this year, and now it looks like unless they deliver to the hotel, that I'm going to have to wait to go on that journey next year. <laughs> you know, you just got a unique a unique bucket list when it comes to something like that. Sorry about uh, that, Miles Miles Michaelis. By the Miles way, Miles Michaelis. Did you know do you know where Michael Walker pitches now? Speaking Waka of the Cardinals. Waka Waka. No. Waka Waka Waka. Waka, Waka. Uh, he pitches on uh, Muppets. Waka, Waka. Yeah, yeah, Waka Waka Mets. No, he is on the Mets. Michael Waka pitches really? for the Mets. Just real quick like, real quick like 
because this is what are you doing, Wagner. The Mets are kind of good this year. So they got DeGrom. Stro- Did you know they have Stroman? They have Stroman. Did you know they have Porcello, 2016 Cy Young Award winner? Still uh-huh. have Steven Matz. And then Michael Walker is your fifth. And I don't know what's going on with Syndergaard. He might be in play, too, at some point in time. Um, that's a hell surgery. of a pitching staff. I yeah, he, I think you're right. I think, yeah, he's probably surgery. out. But even without him, man, DeGrom, Stroman, Porcello, Matz, Waka. Pretty good, right? Uh, yeah, I, well, I guess, you know, what, first of all, I don't know what shape they're in and, and what shape their arms are in. And that's what it's going to come down to with, with every team, Cubs and Sox included. You, you want depth, but as you talked about studs at the top, in, in that mentality, playoff, go, go, go mentality, yeah, that'll help a lot. Um, but how fit are they? And that's what teams are trying to find out. Like the, the Cubs, the Cubs are going to have three inning simulated games today from Darvish and, and Hendricks. And okay. Those are, you would expect them, you, you know they're going, Cubs are going nowhere unless those guys show big. Those are your, your studs at the top of the rotation. No doubt. No and, doubt. And this is this is part of a, it seems like the Cubs are doing this earlier than I've heard of. Maybe I'm just missing what other teams have done, but they're doing it earlier, getting an early read on where their guys are what they can handle, and then trying to project it out later based on what they've done with in the past with these guys. So they'll see where they might be the end of July as they as they come into camp now and just, all right, throw for me. Let's see what you got. How, how good's the movement? How strong is the fastball? That's what it seems like. Yeah, but I, and I wonder, it's easy to forget that they did have spring training or some of it already. So they were stretched out to some point. I don't know what, I, how much of that is has been undone. I guess is the right question to ask. And how, like, because so. they stopped, like, does it, is it, is it ground zero now? Are they back to zero, or were they at about a four on the scale of one to ten in terms of being ready to go? So those are, Steve. I think those are good questions to ask. Well, that's what they're trying to find out, and I give the Cubs credit. I guess that part of it is a balancing act of how much can we ask of the guys early, but how much do we need to see. Yeah. to be able to judge them later. And um, and I think that's that's, a, that's something that every team will wrestle with, what they can expect of their starters, and you have to get on it as soon as possible. I don't think, you know, your point about training camp, or spring training is, is, is well made. I don't know where, these guys are too smart to let it get completely out of shape right they don't even do that in an off season you're so right how close how close to their a game are they i guess is a better way of looking at it right like how revved up have they gotten obviously it has not been with a pitching coach watching them so that makes a difference too i mean you just can't count on every single pitcher having the discipline or the know-how to to be in shape so there yeah i think it's more of let's see where you are we think we know where you are we think we know what it's going to take to get you to where you need to be but yeah this will be this is an important day for the and you're right too man that those are the only two guys you darvish and kyle Hendricks, on the cubs pitching staff who i think have the chances to be really good guys at the top lester i don't expect anymore quintana's out 
Tyler Chatwood, sorry, still have no idea what he looks like when he is told he gets to pitch every fifth day. So it's <laughs> right. I mean, God, the guy had 95 walks in in 2018. It, it was ridiculous. I mean, he had like he had like nine games of five or more walks in 20 starts in his first year with the Cubs. Like, I still don't know what happened there. And yeah. He was put in a better position last year. He was put in a position to win, and he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I mean, his race strikeout-walks ratio was excellent. So hopefully it carries over, but I hope it's not a product of just being in his head, you know, where, like, if he's told that he is the starter and he's making, you know, he got his three-year, $38 million deal, if that's in his head. I don't know. So it's it's Darvish and Hendricks, to your point. I mean, they're they're – incredibly important for the the Cubs this year to to be good okay we have a we have a request our, our text line is uh, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin save time shop online at rosenhyundai.com my text messages on my phone are brought to you by nobody I should get a sponsor for that uh, in the meantime the diva texts in and wants to know what you think, Mark, about the idea of Chris Bryant leading off. Hmm. I've always liked the idea of a thumper leading off. Like, it didn't work out with Schwarber, but as a rough draft idea, as the blueprint, I love that. I love that, like, the pitcher has to sweat with the first batter. Like, he's not just a little guy who's going to bunt his way on to first base. It's a guy who could hit the ball out of the park. Diva, I like the idea. You like it better than Rizzo, the great, the self-proclaimed greatest leadoff hitter ever, who's now, now such a skinny-looking guy. It's got an unbelievable leap. Yeah, does it mean that different-looking body? Does Rizzo? Does that make him faster now that he's lighter? You don't need fast on a home run trot. You just need to be able to try. <laughs> this is a great. The point. question: Can he hit lighter? We don't. We don't know. Can yeah. he hit? Is he still the same guy? Well, can he still they... hit for power? With less weight now, supposedly more muscle, but did the muscle lose the flex? You know, cost and flexibility. I don't. I don't know. I think you know. With the, the great thing about Riz, if Rizzo was leading off and they do the ridiculous Rizzo shift, I mean, then you're, you you know, see him pushing some bunts towards third base, right? I mean, every once mm. in a while. I mean, that's a fast guy's going to get a double on that shift. Rizzo probably just a single out of it, but. I don't know, man. Who like did that's he, good. Let's did he lose enough weight to get hitters. an inside the park home run. Maybe lost enough weight to do that. Maybe <sighs> if he if if they didn't have a thumper as their leadoff. I mean, they kind of like think about their team. I mean, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Schwarby, Hap, Rizzo, Kipnis, Bodie, Horner. I mean, it's mostly thumpers, right? So well, that's, there's not that's a lot the of alternatives. Way the game has gone, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Thanks is. for catching and, me up. Um, right. Hayward, I don't know. <laughs> Remember Hayward did it for a while last year. Who knows? Yeah, we'll they, see what Ross has. We'll see if Ross. Didn't he say? I think Ross said he believes he believes in a more traditional leadoff hitter. So it's probably going to be like. I no, mean, is there any was, traditional leadoff hitters on the Cubs roster? I thought I, I thought he read. I thought I read where he was comfortable with either one of those two. It's going to be one of those two. Okay. I thought. May, no, you yeah, might be right. If you got a shot to, you know, get ahead one nothing in the first, take that. Do that. I'm pro. Yeah. I'm um, pro. I have. We have to take a break. There's something I didn't get to. The um, 
The 27 Club. I didn't realize how big it was. There was an anniversary of the 20, someone joining the 27 Club this weekend. That's not good. Uh, no, it's not. But it's bigger than I thought it was. And I found this interesting, and I hope you will too. So we'll okay. uh, come back and share that. And then there later on, before we get out of here at 2 o'clock and turn it over to Zach Zaidman, there's another idea I really love as the as – as NFL teams, the Washington football team and the Cleveland baseball team, and ultimately the Chicago hockey team have to consider changing their names. Yes. A, a former score guy, former score intern, had a wonderful idea I want to run by you. So huh. we'll discuss that before before they kick us out of here. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenham. And the text line shows some response to fireworks and trash pandas so we can't miss that chicago sports radio 670 the score worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome in welcome back steve rosenblum mark Rody with you chicago sports radio 670 the score two o'clock we'll turn it over to zach zaidman here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. Till then, as I talked about the 27 Club, and you said it wasn't good news, and it's not good news, but it's bigger than I thought. So share with the class the 27 Club. Mark. Well, the 27 Club is rock stars that have died at the age of 27. Simple as that. Right, and today was the... Uh, well, yesterday, today, I guess in Paris, Jim Morrison died 49 years ago, Friday, Saturday. 
that the lead singer of the Doors, the poet of the Doors, he joined the 27 Club. He was 27 years old. They they did Light My Fire, Touch Me, Hello I Love You, L.A. Woman. And the end, they did the end, which of course was the beginning of Apocalypse Now, the uh, Vietnam War epic. And it, it struck me in going down this list that they also did Riders on the Storm. And when I was thinking back to your summer songs, your Let Me Put Together a List mm-hmm. of summer songs, right? It didn't yeah. have the word summer on it, but that was the summer when Nick got his license. He was my best friend for life. Nick was a year older than me. He got his license, and we drove to the beach every day. And it seemed like Riders on the Storm was on the radio every day, every five minutes, as if a radio station had said, hey, you're never more than five minutes away from Riders on the Storm. (laughs) Here it is again. Yes, there there it was. So in my world, from what I knew, Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, and Jimi Hendrix, the three J's, they they were the 27 Club. All, you know, people from the late 60s, early 70s, they were... That was, they died at the age of 27. And so in looking that up and whatever links I came across, here are, this 27 Club is bigger than I thought, maybe Mark, bigger yeah. than you thought. So we'll start with, we're going way back. Robert Jones, who's a, um, was an influence on a lot of rock and roll pioneers. And according to the legend, he sold, he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his mighty talent to play the guitar in in street corners in the Mississippi Delta. That was Robert Johnson. There's a doc out on him, and um, he died at 27. Brian Jones, a founding member of the Rolling Stones, he died at 27. Hmm. Uh, I've never heard of Alan Blind Owl, Owl Wilson, Blind Owl. But he headed up the band, the blues band Canned Heat, which performed at Woodstock. He died at 27. Um, Canned Heat sounds like a cover band. Look up Canned Heat. Ask your parents when they're done shooting raccoons, and we'll get to the raccoons in a minute. (laughs) I'm sure my dad knows who they are. Ron Pigpen McKernan. Okay, you're just making names up now. No, he's a founding member of the Grateful Dead. He died at 27. This will be more in your wheelhouse, Mark. The last two names that I found on this list. Kurt Cobain. And Amy Winehouse. Sure. I I thought it was just Janice, Jimmy, and Jim. And the number of the 27 is the most... Every rocker who's over 27, congratulations. You survived that kind of crucible you crossed you crossed into a you had a better chance of living for a long time and now we i i just i didn't realize it was that big the 27 list yeah was, i knew i knew kurt long. i knew cobain joplin morrison hendrix and winehouse i did not know of this this blind owl of whom you speak and bob johnson and and Pigpen. you guys are missing not, one still maybe that, i missed it john bonham he was, was he 27? 27? Yeah, he's 27. Holy uh, You're mackerel. right. I missed it. 
I missed it. We'll add add to the list. Greatest trimmer of all time. Yeah, 27. Let's think about what it is about that age, 27. Well, okay, so most of these guys start heavy rocking or doing their thing probably when they're about 16, right? Let's just say 16. So that's when they start going hard. Is that what it is? Like if you're going hard and you're doing drugs and drinking and just flooding your body for from 16 to t- for 11 years straight, is that so that's the cutoff. 11 years of of going hard every day and I don't know I'm trying to figure out like is there something like is it just is it just totally random that it's 27 and we have ourselves a cute little list here or is there something to it no I I, I think the I think investigating the the doing a um, some kind of forensic work on the life itself and the life of a musician life of a rocker while investigating I don't know what and, and that accounts for some of it I have to imagine I, I don't know. And well, the you also, I mean, yeah, you have to consider the lifestyle these guys were leading. I mean, you take Bonham, for instance. What killed him was essentially alcohol. You know, he choked on his own vomit. Right. So it's just, I think it just is the number itself, I think, is a coincidence. But the manner in which they die is all accident related to the hardcore lifestyle of rock and rollers in the mid-90s and backwards. Right, and Cobain, though, Obviously, he shot himself. Well, yeah, there's so. also that, yeah. But you know, Unless that you believe was, that in the was, conspiracy theories. There's you know, also, yeah. That, well, yeah. Hey, did you ever see the documentary it used to be on Netflix? It might still be soaked in bleach? Maybe question a lot of things. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's an independent documentary where they had zero cooperation from anybody from Nirvana. So it was like, it was yeah, it's really very conspiratorial, but it's it's interesting. It's very It's kind of a haunting tone to the whole thing. And the guy speaks with an English accent, so it makes it even more haunting or interesting, I guess is the word. So, didn't make, didn't yeah. make Courtney Love look, look good, that's for sure. No, made her look bad. But, yeah, no, that's great. There's actually a really good Amy Winehouse documentary out as well. So, yeah, really on all, all of these, I would imagine. Jim Morrison. So a really good Amy Winehouse documentary doesn't, to me, that immediately goes right to, to, to depressing. To, to really sad to oh to because she's so young and... yeah and also somebody who was so overwrought and distraught and just so I don't know yeah. why is it good why was it a well good doc? I don't know I, I love rock doc so it, it gives the whole arc you know it, it's not like the whole thing is just depressing and about her death it's okay. about the you know how she got to be great how she, when she was happy and what kind of happened so yeah it has a sad ending but it's not the whole tone of the documentary is not necessarily depressing Speaking hey guys of- apparently i was wrong so i got to correct myself bonham was 32 i did my uh-huh. research so that's my bad i retract that statement okay so he must have started his party when he was 18 as opposed to 16 no, I'm sure he started. Looked like he started it at seven and just had, just lasted as long as he could. Where's so, his son drumming? Isn't Jason Bonham drumming with somebody? Jason, like a he a he's, significant group. He did some stuff with the Led Zeppelin members that they did when they did like a reunion okay. thing, but I don't know right. what his actual like main group would be. He's really uh, good though. Shockingly. Mark, did you know? Did you know that our our producer had a. Uh, 
had a brush with greatness was speaking of rock music or not rock music but speaking of musicians with with Miley Cyrus's dad no Billy Ray yeah I did somebody say something somebody tell me what's going on (laughs) share with the class let's do show and tells okay so I have a little bit of background to set this up my dad for like 10 years or something like that played at this place in Taylorville Illinois it was like a country opry place and he was in the house band there so they would have a lot of country acts that came through there. A lot of them were more minor, like maybe people on the tail end of their career or more up-and-coming people. Every now and then you get someone famous like Clint Black come through there. But like Lone Star came through there when they were right before they got big. I got to meet them. Nice. And so, but Billy Ray Cyrus came through there when he was at like the peak of his powers, like wow. achy, breaky heart, the whole thing. Oh. And so I got to meet him and I got a picture with him too. I'd have to track it down, but it's it's around somewhere. And it was like a Christmas show, so I'm dressed up in this weird Christmas thing they used me for. I don't really know. But <laughs> oh, I vaguely I don't really remember this. <laughs> I want to well. see this picture. I want Were you dressed like it was like nutcracker? Were you dressed I think I was pinna- dressed like a shepherd. I think I was dressed like a shepherd or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. They would use me as props all the time because I was one of the house band members' kids, and they could just throw me wherever they want, they felt like it. And do you have parental issues now? No. Okay. I, I didn't the, mind doing it. Okay. The well, Taylorville Tornados, right? Isn't that their nickname? The high school, yeah. That yeah. good job. I used to. Uh, yeah. So I uh, in my one of my radio stops was in Springfield, and we definitely covered. The Taylorville tournament. I've been to Taylorville, to that high school, to that gym to do play-by-play for high school sports. Taylorville and Jacksonville. I mean, I'm a little more well-versed on Central Illinois than you think, studs. No, we talked about that like a couple months ago. I remember. Yeah, yeah. you know your stuff. I'll make you an oh, honorary yeah. Central Illinoisan. Absolutely. I enjoyed my time in Central Illinois, and I'm not joking. I had a good time. I love Springfield and Peoria and Lincoln. I... Was ready to get back north, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Wow. Now that we can talk How about, about you, places, Steve? Places with indoor plumbing. I was not in central Illinois, not voluntarily, never did that. So there we well, go. Sorry for you. Yep. You're lost. Okay. The headline from The Onion was Washington Redskins changed their name to the DC Redskins, which I just <laughs> love. <laughs> What but it's wonderful. From? The Onion. Washington oh, Redskins so changed that's... their name to the DC Redskins, oh, which they is never Daniel Snyder. But oh, that that's, is so good. that's a big story that's getting bigger, and it is going to – it starts with the Redskins. Now the Indians have talked about it. We're going to have to have conversations with Rocky Wirtz about the Blackhawks. And um, a former score – Intern, I believe he was, named named by Terry Boers, Glatt from Menco, has an interesting idea about how this should go. So we'll discuss that when we come back. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage. We suck so your 4th of July doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Welcome and welcome back. 
I just wondered, Mark, if Trash Panda was going to bring us back with a canned heat. Cut. With a what? A canned heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got confirmation from Mom. Alice said, yeah, we know canned heat is. So... I think he made the right choice coming back with some Led Zeppelin and Bonham banging away on the drums there. All right. Um, Before we so? break, we're, we're talking about the Washington football team. So FedEx, they play at FedEx Field, is asking Dan Snyder to change the name of the team that plays there. Well, that's FedEx is kind of a big deal. Nike might be an even bigger deal. And Nike said it is not going to put NFL, Washington NFL gear on its website until the name changes. Now you're speaking Daniel Snyder's language. Now you're speaking Roger Goodell's language, the NFL's language, money. Again, these are the, this is the league that wants you to sign a waiver as a fan to come in to watch the games. And if you die, so what? They'll sell the tickets to somebody else. You just can't sue them. But when you start talking money, then it gets serious. Yeah. And then he gets righteous. Yeah. What? It's true. So then he gets then he gets righteous, and he understands that you know Redskins is a derogatory term. Well, the Redskins have have, have said that they are doing a deep, thorough review of the team's nickname. I don't really, you don't have to go much deeper than it's racist, period, paragraph, new idea. So, yeah, that's why that news hit when I was hosting the other day, and I was like, all right, here's the news, here's what, you know, here's what Goodell said, here's what Ron Rivera had said, here's what Doug Williams said on the score today, and then I was done because it was like, there's really no other side to this. <laughs> Right? I mean, no, that's, no, this is a derogatory name. Period. There's right? not, and and no. now the Indi- the Cleveland baseball team, the Cleveland American League baseball team, which has phased out Chief Wahoo, and the Indians are looking at changing their name. This has to be, a, and the, the Braves are just abominable with the tomahawk chop, and the Blackhawks are going to. The weird thing about the Blackhawks is this. Frederick, Colonel Frederick McLaughlin named them the Blackhawks after the military group, the infantry group called Blackhawk. But that infantry group was named after the Sauk Indian chief, Chief Blackhawk. So we're still getting to the same point. And the logo is a a Native American, and you're still using that as a logo and a We've seen a majority, a bunch of times, majority of um, Native Americans stories about Native American stories not wanting to be um, used that way. Now, some of the franchises have contributed money to Native American groups, and so it's not as loud. Um, and that might or might not be might or might not be the case in the Blackhawks case. They've certainly never never made it a cartoon. They've treated it with dignity, the, the, the logo and the, and the name, even if they have oftentimes made it two words, one time made it two words and put it back to one word. I just don't think it's acceptable and it can continue. So as you consider new names for these franchises, 
Um, Glatt from Menko, also known as Matt Friedman, but Terry, Terry called him Glatt from Menko instead of Matt from Glencoe, suggested the franchise should consider selling its name, naming rights to the team, like in this case, the Cleveland Progressives. Or the Cleveland oh, Clinics. That's where we're going. I Because, again, number one rule in life, follow the money. That's what the NFL is all about. They are the, the among the biggest, most successful whores in, the, in sports history. So why not? Tonight, so, it's the Chicago Lou Malnati's. Yeah, right. Or the Chicago Pat Ryan's. Doesn't he have his name on everything anyways? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Right? I think that Northwestern uh, broke, like, law eternal laws or, or eternal codicils when they started hanging his name on some of their their athletic, um, the, the football field or the arena. I didn't think the football field, I didn't think Dyke Stadium was ever allowed to be called anything except Dyke Stadium. I think Zay Smith, the late Zay, late great Zay Smith, wrote about that, and... The Northwestern president kept running from him, but they did it anyways, and it was in the name of money. So, yeah, the sh- and by the way, he's got he's got one of the first rights of first refusal by the Bears, so they could become the Chicago Pat Ryan's as well, playing at Soldier Field, or playing at Ryan Field, another Ryan Field. So, what about selling names? There's, you're you're talking about selling ads on uniform sports uniforms now as they come back and that's done a lot in Europe remember Tony remember the team Tony Kukoc came from Benetton yeah, the Croatia uh, Lions no he came from Benetton Treviso the Benetton, Benetton Treviso Lions yeah Benetton yeah see there so so they were the Benetton okay I guess I don't remember that but okay well that was that's that's they're they're happy to do that there. I don't know what, given given the way the league, you're talking, the, I can't believe the NFL would recoil, um, and clutch its pearls. This is a league that denies that concussions cause death, and that its sport caused concussions. That they suddenly worry about whether they were selling a name or not. They're all about selling stuff. Yeah, I think that from what I understand, the. Chicago Blackhawks are just going to, their name is going to be changed to Willis Tower. That's what it'll be. Just Willis Tower. Chicago Willis Towers. Willis Tower. Because that seems to be the most, like, defiant thing in Chicago. Like, nobody acknowledges Willis Tower. It's always, it's not the, it's not the Willis Tower. It's the Sears Tower. So, right. Yeah, let's just it, go Willis Tower. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> the deep dishes. That'd be good. Right? Yeah, the deep dish, the deep the beef, dishes. Yeah. The big beefs. The big beefs, you know, very the, good. The, the Portillos would be fine by the Portillo, me. Oh, Portillos. Chicago Portillos, the big the big beefs, you know, the Chicago yes. hot, dipped, wet, sweet. So what, what about, what if leagues started doing this? Because we're at a time now, remember Tom Ricketts, the billionaire comes from the billionaire family um, that owns the Cubs. The and Ricketts, they're yes. talking biblical losses. So, whether he's lying or not, and teams are believed to be taking a loss, there certainly would appear to be suffering a loss of revenue. 
and every league is attempting to regain the sports playoff money where where it adds up for them. So, so they would need to find another revenue stream. Why would it be such a big jump to name to to let corporate let corporate America in on this and have teams named after corporations sell the naming point, rights it, to a team? Hey, at this point, people would probably get over it just the same way you get over what your stadium or field or arena is called. People would probably get over it, I would imagine. Uh, well, you've called it Wrigley Field for so long. That's a corporate name. And no matter, you know, it seems that now you have to go out of your way to remember whose name is on Sox Park. I hear a lot of people refer to it as Sox Park or Still the Cell or Kaminsky. Or New uh, see, Kaminsky. Their, their problem was just, just when I finally got used to calling it the Cell, they changed the damn name again. Right. So <laughs> I cut. So I, was, I finally accepted. I was like, okay, fine. It's the cell. All right. And then they changed the damn name. Just when reporters had finally figured out how to, because saying U.S. cellular is not easy. It's actually a difficult word to say, like when you're reporting from there, reporting from U.S. cellular field. I'm Mark Grody, News Radio or whatever, or the score, wherever I was working. Um, like cellular is a challenging word. And just when everybody had started getting it correct, now we're at the rate. What up, yo? It's the rate. At <laughs> the rate, that's what up. Yo. Or G-rate? Yo, from the G-rate. And you know they hate that. They hate, like, the corporate sponsors hate it when you, like, they hated it when you'd say the sell. Like, that, that, they're, no, no, we just paid $8 billion for the naming rights, and everybody in the media is calling it the sell. Well, see, I get that, they hated but that. it's also... A, a mouthful to say U.S. Cellular Field every single time. It's so well, much easier I know, to That's say what to I'm sell. saying. It's it's like one of those words in the English like cellular is not an easy word to say. See, I'm very well versed at it now because I've said it so many times. But try it, U.S. Cellular. It doesn't come out of the mouth very easily. One of the ways, one of the reasons that became a worthwhile investment is back when newspapers mattered, because. Every corporate sponsor, every team knew that newspapers would print that name. That was part of yeah. every story, every yes. game story, every place, and they would do it. So what, 200 times a year, whatever it was, and they would they would put it at U.S. Cellular Field in the newspaper back when newspapers mattered, and and the the corporate sponsors knew that as well. We were going to get it out there, a broadcast. We knew they knew that. Their hometown broadcasters were going to call it that. And Fox was going to call it that, too. Fox wasn't going to call it, at least in one reference, Fox was going to call a World Series from U.S. Cellular Field. It wasn't the cell. Right. But, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. And, and eventually they're going to get their money's worth. I just know for a fact that they would, corporations get discouraged when we shorten yep. and nickname their places not cute to them at all to us no. it, it, it is but to them no no likey no no likey <laughs> okay <laughs> yes they want their name everywhere all the time and i mean i can't really it i can't blame them you know if they're giving all this cash 
and you know the that's that's the whole idea and then you're like listening to the radio like no we're not the cell we're u.s cellular yeah bears right just bring money so i i think bears. we're gonna get there I, I, we're, if we're getting ads on jerseys and uniforms and you're going to see that show up, I mean, if you watch, if you go back and look at hockey, it's most noticeable. You, go, you can go back far enough. Dennis, Dennis Savard's, one of his first spinoramas, he was doing it on a, on a rink with boards that were white and the only marks on them were shots that missed and pucks that bounced off the walls. Hmm. And so Dennis Savard came into the league in 1980, and you see how that's grown. And you could NASCAR's never been against it. NASCAR, they're, they're, it looks like a, a, a quilt of ads. Golfers are wearing it, and everybody wants to wear the, you know what, the Titleist hat, the whatever it is. You're you're doing it, and and they've got names. We put names on stadiums. What's so sacred about? Um, the, not calling them the, you know, the Chicago Malnati's and Malnati's wants to pay for it. The Chicago, I love the Chicago Willis Tower. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like my name, the towers. I mean, think about little league and I'm sure it's still like this now, but like when I was playing little league and all that, it was all sponsored teams. It was like, I played for the suburban tire, um, you know, Itasca little league team. Did you play for Chico's bail bonds? No. Walter Matthau managed that team. Oh, the Chicago Bill Bonds. I didn't know. Did you like the way I acted Chico's like you were Bill Bonds? I didn't know what you were talking about there, but yeah, I, Chico's Bill I Bonds. I tried that to was... act like I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We thank everyone for joining us for for texting. For no, we didn't have no emergency phone calls, no breaking phone calls. Um, thank you for listening. So, Steve, we've safely made it through another show without phone without calls. A phone call. well, yes. <laughs> People are safe because they can't call us. Hope you have a safe 4th of July. Rosenblum and Grody, and coming up next is Zach Saban on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait, wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.